What's up, Buttercups? It is Nate with another episode of Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast. In this episode, I reviewed week five matchups, waiver wire, took a preview into week six in predictions for all of the league's matchups, and gave a little bit of my mind on sports betting, and also a little bit of what I'm betting this weekend. But before we get into that, I'd just like to say thank you for everybody for listening, as this week we hit over 1,000 downloads and listens. Appreciate it. Kind of fun little project we did here. And I don't know. I don't know what other people get. Thousand seems pretty decent for me. So I appreciate it. Anyways, to the episode. Bye-bye. is done and week six is here but before we move on to previewing week six let's get into a recap of week five in matchup number one we had the pocket dogs james up against i shaved my balls for this tray james got good performances out of d hop with 27 points chris carson with 19 marquise brown 19 trey had his solid performances of henry ruggs with 23 as the raiders beat the chiefs alexander madison as dal cook goes down and Kareem Hunt without Nick Chubb. Both of those guys getting 18 with Ruggs with 23, but not enough to overtake the pocket dogs who moved to second place within Taco Court Fantasy Football League with a record of 4-1. and one. Trey moving to 3-2 and two with a final score of 123-116. to 116. Matchup number two, we have Chad up against Too Hot to Handle in Brandon. Chad getting good performances out of Chase Claypool, the guy who has been coined by Snickers as he got the Snickers player of the week and they sent him his own Snickers bar with his own label on the back calling calling him Mapletron because he's light-skinned but second wide receivers for the Pittsburgh Steelers always perform well year in in year out and he got 44 points out of him the KC quarterback 35 points and the Chase Edmonds getting some run for the Arizona Cardinals with another 20 points, top three performers out of too hot to handle. We had the Chargers quarterback, who is our waiver wire pickup of the week, as that is a player that Brandon picked up on the waiver wire, stuffed him into a starting lineup, got 37 points out of him. Waiver wire of the week going to Brandon. That'll be something that we talk about every single week going on forward, is naming a player from the waiver wire that was picked up, plugged into a starting lineup, and was the biggest impact to a team. And he had Todd Gurley for 27 points, Calvin Ridley for 23, so both of those guys coming out of the same team. However, it was not enough to take down Team Chad as he goes down 143 to 140. Chad moving to 2-3 and in 7th place and Brandon at 3-2 and in 4th place. So the thing with the points too, and why, like, even though he didn't end up winning the game with the quarterback from the Chargers in just, Justin Herbert, he keeps him in the running for overall points, which we have a prize for at the end of the year, too. So with other three and two teams, those things are separators for those guys. So 
and it always seems like our last playoff spot comes to down to a tie on the record and is settled by points. Matchup three, we had three penis wine up against Tony Patriot. And Nick got himself good outings out of the Rams quarterback, 32 points. DK Metcalf, 27 points. And Derrick Henry, 19 points. We bet a Derrick Henry under prop. His yardage for the Monday night game or Tuesday night game, whichever one it was for up against the Buffalo Bills was like 100.5 yards. Told the guys in our D-Gen chat, bet the fuck out of that under. No way it's happening. Also bet Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill overs, a bunch of other crap. But A.J. Brown over on yards just felt it was a Tannehill and the Bills are overhyped. And we end up cashing on everything except for the Tannehill yards. <clears throat> I accidentally put in a John Brown bet, but luckily it got canceled by my book because he was a scratch. So guy had to play. Uh, anyways, yep, top three performers there for three penis wine. And out of Tony Patriot, he got good performances out of the Houston quarterback, 33 points, Darius Slayton, 22 points, and DJ Moore, 21 points. But the rest of his team sucks. And Tony sucks at fantasy football going down 143 to 134 nick moves to three and two he is our reigning champ and he's up in sixth place now and tony moves down to one and four and he is in 12th place now tony while he sucks really bad at fantasy football he runs a really good podcast and if you like random stuff and funny things in with football and music and fun promos and stuff like that go check out his podcast available on all platforms whatever platform you're listening to this you can find it it is the 58 West King Fantasy Podcast. It's available on all outlets out there. In the most recent episode, you learned a little bit about what Mariah Carey was talking about when she said, sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. Anyways, matchup four. We have the Murder Boners taking on Password is Taco. And we all kind of know how this one went when the Murder Boners had good performances out of Adam Thielen, 29 points. Miles Sanders, 25 points. Bill's quarterback, 21 points. Oh, we also bet Josh Allen to throw a pick. That happened within a couple minutes of the game. So put that one on there too. I think we went like five and one on the day or something like that. But for whatever that primetime game is. And password is taco. Clint gets monster performances out of the Seattle quarterback 30. I just burped. And I don't know if you could, could have heard that in there. And Mike Davis with another 30 points. And Stephon Diggs, 22 points. Overall, just a complete debacle. And smash because his entire team just scored double digits. And uh, Clinton's up taking this one down 185 to 149. So, one of those classic, hey, I'm the second best scorer in the league this week in the murder boners and gets beat by the number one scoring person in the league in Clint. Clint moves to five and no, and he is in first place. And the murder boners dropped to two and three on the season. Just tried to make a trade with the murder boners, turned it down. We're going to see how it goes. Offered him two players. In a couple different trades for one and one player for one, but did not take it. Hope the guy gets hurt. Anyways, in matchup number five, we had the battle of the, I guess you could just call this one the toilet bowl. Like these guys are probably going to be the sacco if Tony can ever figure out how to scrape together a win. Not sure if he's played these guys yet, but if he does, maybe it's like two wins. It's like, hey, you got the Giants and the Jets on your schedule. But this was the toilet bowl with baby Ruth, my brother, Glenn, up against Josh Peterson in the Eskimo Brothers. And baby Ruth got himself good outings, not even good outings. Top three scores, Joe Mixon, 15, Cooper Cup, 11, Antonio Gibson, 11 or 10. 
10 points there. And the Eskimo brothers got a 26-point outing out of Travis Kelsey, 19 out of Kamara, and the Baltimore quarterback, 17 points. These two were the worst scorers on the slate. And the Eskimo brothers wins by a whopping 45 points, 105 to 60. They are both 1-4 and four now. And with the victory, the Eskimo brothers move into 10th place while Baby Ruth moves to 11th. All right, enough about the suck, people. Anyways, let's get to glory. Glory in the highest. Sing glory to Nate. The Vinegar Strokes up against the Scroat Squad. The Vinegar Strokes were a underdog going into this matchup, and they did exactly as we predicted on this podcast in taking down the Scroat Squad and Wayne Henry. Wayne got good outings out of Jameson Crowder. 27 points. Ben, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, 27 points. Dow Cook, he got busted up and hurt. He probably wins this matchup if he doesn't get hurt because he had 19 points already out of him. I got myself 25 out of the Mustache Minshew, 23 out of Zeke, and 21 out of Robbie Anderson. I take down the matchup 135 to 126, moving to 4-1 and one in third place behind Password is Taco and the Pocket Dogs, Clint and James, respectively who live in the same household. So I am pretty sure Clint is managing that roster because James should not be four and one with what we know about James. Maybe COVID actually just had him studying. I don't know, but I mean, he doesn't seem to have the time. We had to, we had to move the draft to like a Tuesday night or some shit. Like people were taking, taking days off on Wednesday to support him being able to be there for the draft. So I don't know when he gets his, his fix into, to, know any data or anything like that or learn anything about what's going on but different different guy here in the pocket dogs but yeah i pretty much did exactly what i said and take down wayne all right and that is that for the week five matchups now we will go into our standings for taco court fantasy football league and in first place obviously we have password is taco in clint second pocket dogs four and one vinegar strokes four and one in our three and two teams, we have Brandon, Trey, Nick, the three penis wine running out down to sixth place. In our two and three teams, we have Chad and the murder bonus in Octavio going down to eighth. And the rest of them are one and four teams with the Scroat Squad, Eskimo Brothers, Babe Ruth, and Tony Patriot. Into the waiver wire and the transactions that have happened in Taco Court Fantasy Football League since the end of week five. And we will recap some of this stuff on the next episode to see who made the best waiver wire ads and use them within their lineup. We're not talking bench stuff. It's people who are adding players to put in for this week. So we'll, we'll maybe make a prediction too. Yeah. So on Wednesday, we had Brandon drop Marlon Mack. Finally, uh, we had Chad drop OZ wide receiver out of Atlanta and Greg Ward. And then on Thursday, when all the waivers, process because ESPN did the right thing and giving us like a day to figure out what the hell we want to do sleep on it a little bit there's no Thursday game so there's no rush I think all the platforms ended up doing that which was pretty cool uh, sleeper didn't do it but um, that's fine that's like dynasty we're running dynasty on that so uh, not a not a big deal because you're not making tons of waiver wire ads and stuff like that so anyways uh, Tony adds Preston Wills Williams who he dropped last week and he drops Keyshawn Vaughn for him and pays 29 bucks for the guy that he threw on the waiver wire last week. Probably why he's one and four and in 12th place with those type of moves. And the pocket dogs drop OJ Howard for Travis Olgum 
and he spends half of his fab $501 on Travis Fulgham. Don't know about that. Seems like we may have missed the game to have the guy and never going to come again. And you're going to get nine points out of a guy who you spent half your fab for. We're going to bookmark that quote and we'll come back to that later on in the season. And the next one, we had the pocket dogs also dropping Andy Isabella and adding Gerald Everett, needing a tight end, paid buck for him. And we next waiver wire ad, we have Clint and Clint drops AJ Dillon for the Dolphins quarterback for 50 bucks. He's probably got a buy coming up for whoever his quarterback is. I'm not going to look at it right now, but we can recap that later on as it is uh, two o'clock in the morning right now. Brandon adds Michael P. Ryan for $306 on the news that Le'Veon Bell is out of New York. I don't know why anybody would want a New York Jet, but getting a New York Jet running back, see how that goes. They still don't want to fire Adam Gase. So um, Baby Ruth drops Cordell Patterson and adds Trey Burton for Indy for a buck. And in the after the waivers cleared, we have Chad dropping Darrington Evans and adding Royce Freeman. And that's that for the waiver wire recap. Now from a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. Let's get into week six matchups here in Taco Court Fantasy Football League. With matchup one, we will start out with Brandon traveling to Trey as too hot to handle versus I shave my balls for this head to the gridiron. We have a projected Point total for Trey being 139 and Brandon being 132. So a seven-point favorite with a win probability of 52%. And these guys have quarterbacks that are mashing up against each other. Aaron Rodgers up against Tom Brady. So the Packers quarterback against the Bucks quarterback. Interesting to see how that goes. Bucks are usually t- typically pretty rough to run on, but they're missing their best defensive tackle. So we'll see how that goes. But Brandon's probably hoping to get some good points out of Devonta Adams. On that combo, get him back in the game, get him in the rhythm. Calvin Ridley going up against Minnesota, Devonta Parker against the Jets, uh, Brandon Cooks, Dalton Schultz, you see how that goes, Todd Gurley. So missing out on the touchdown there with either Calvin Ridley or Todd Gurley. Hopefully all Julio Jones catches all the touchdowns, but hopefully not because you're playing Trey. And on the other side, we got Aaron Jones. So we'll see where the touchdowns end up going here. Uh, touchdowns in that Buccaneers and the Packers game may end up being the deciding factor within this matchup. Trey's rolling out James Washington or James Robinson, sorry, and Christian Kirk, Zach Pascal, Tim Patrick, Austin Hooper, Kareem Hunt, Alexander Madison in his flex. Nothing on the benches that they're probably going to throw in anywhere. Um, you got a bunch of the Chargers on by, so Brandon's not plugging in anything there. Uh, and that's that. I think that looking at this matchup, I think ESPN may have it incorrect on their points projections uh, and I can see the differences in Christian Kirk, Zach Pascal, Tim Patrick going up against New England with Drew Locke just coming back in another week and all this other stuff but going to New England, Cam Newton on the other side, who knows how that game goes. I think that they, the New England Patriots can shut down that Denver Broncos offense at will and the wide receiver core on the other side for Brandon ends up taking it. But I will predict Brandon taking this one home and moving to three or four and two and Trey moving to three and three. But like I said, it's depending on those Packers 
Bucks touchdowns. In our next matchup, we have the one and four Tony Patriot traveling to the four and one pocket dogs, Tony and James. And this projected outcome is sitting at 127 for Tony to 124. So a three point road favorite with a 52 win percent uh, probability. And he's got guys like Deshaun Watson, Daryl Henderson, Damian Harris, who could end up being something decent, DJ Chark, DJ Moore, Will Fuller, George Kittle. Hopefully he ends up catching a bunch of passes against the Rams. Darius Slayton and LaVisca Chenault against Detroit. Now on the other side, we got the Cowboys quarterback. And this is the first instance where we're actually seeing the impact of a startable quarterback and our team quarterback stuff working out. Um, interested to see what the league ends up thinking about it. Like we did it for COVID this year, but it's actually kind of cool that you didn't have to pick up Andy Dalton and he's still in like an offense and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's pretty neat. So um, we'll get the cue from the rest of the crowd. <clears throat> um, let me know. Uh, Clyde Edwards E. Lair, um, who cannot get on the field at the goal line or in true passing down situations and is just a first and second down runner for the Kansas City Chiefs and they throw the hell out of the ball and a lot of their runs are turning into jet sweeps because they have the fastest fucking team on planet earth and Nicole Hardman is getting these like shovel pass things right off the center basically uh Tyreek Hill as well scoring touchdowns at the goal line because Clyde Edwards Lair is like five nine um and he's small Adrian Peterson rolling out for him. D Hop, Smokey Brown, Justin Jefferson. And this one is going to get Tony Patriot back on track. He's going to move to two and four. And James is going to take an L and move to four and two. He's got Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett, Darren Waller on all on by. Nothing really on his bench that he's going to throw in. Maybe J.K. Dobbins, Rex Burkhead, something like that. So Rex Burkhead would be a fun one to play. Um, just seeing if he can get touchdowns over Damian Harris. But Anyways, give me Tony to win that. I don't know what the projection for Adrian Peterson is, but it's going to be low. Uh, you should bet the unders. We'll get on to that on Adrian Peterson and why. And the next game, we have the first place team in Password is Taco 5-0 and traveling to the team of Chad <clears throat> and Chad being 2-3 and three. projected. Line for this is 145 to 106 with a 66% win probability for Clint. I don't think we need to go into any of the rosters here. Um, I think that Chad, well, I know that Chad's going to get smashed because he's got the entire Broncos offense on his board. And I believe they have already ruled out Noah Fant. Yep. They ruled out Noah Fant and Melvin Gordon, who are two of his starting players. Um, so he is down a tight end and a running back and looking at his, his bench here, he's got a running back, but not another tight end. So he's going to have to drop some people, make some moves, but good luck with that. Going to get smashed. Clint's moving six and oh, and Chad's moving to two and four in our next matchup. It is the Eskimo brothers traveling to the murder boners one and four Josh up against two and three Octavio. Octavio is favored 142 to 116 with a 59% win probability. He's got the Bills quarterback, Kenyon Drake, Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin killed his husband, whacked him. And Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Marvin Jones, Eric Ebron, Miles Sanders, and he's starting DeAndre Swift. 
and we're looking at the Eskimo brothers rolling out the Ravens quarterback. That's really not helping anymore. Uh, really not helping anymore. We're going to three other guys running the fucking ball too. And Philip Lindsay, carry on Johnson. Yep. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Golden Tate, Curtis Samuel, Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Jimmy Graham. And the murder boners are going to smash the Eskimo brothers. And I think it's going to be by more than 30. That's pretty much what it's projected, like 20, 28 points, 26 points or something like that. I think it's going to be over 30. Um, yep, I do think it's going to be over 30. DeAndre Swift. So DeAndre Swift, if you can find prop bets for him, I can't find any props on him rushing the ball, hit the overs. Just hit the overs on it. Hit the unders on Adrian Peterson. I think Adrian Peterson's line is at 60-something. I, I already bet it, so we'll get into that in the betting section at the end. I'll give out a couple things that I'm playing this week. You don't have to play them if you don't want to. Not saying I'm some fucking guru or anything, but um, just to put it on the tape, what I'm doing. But the unders have breakout game, and he's going to be the guy. And, yep, that's that. And the next matchup we have... The Scroll Squad one and four going to the one and four baby Ruth. Somebody, I th- I hope this game ends in a tie. It seems like it can end in a tie. Um, that way, neither one of them gets the two wins, but one of them's going to get the two wins. And right now, it's projected that the Scroll Squad and Wayne will win one thirty six to one twenty with a fifty seven percent win probability. He's got the Steelers quarterback David Montgomery. We'll get into that too. Devonta Freeman, Allen Robinson, Tyler Boyd. Russell Gage, Zach Ertz, Chris Godwin, Jameson Crowder, and the Baby Ruth squad. And he's got the little photo as his avatar as, hey, you guys. And it fits his team this year. Um, His team's actually good. We'll go through that. But it's just riddled with injury and COVID, I think. But mostly injury. Falcons quarterback Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, Amari Cooper. That one's kind of a whiff. Kind of sucks. Like They just... It'll be interesting to see what Andy Dalton does if he throws the ball more to Amari Cooper, but it seems like they want to eat that slot with CeeDee Lamb. Everybody loves slot. And Cooper Cup, A.J. Green, um, I think he's – I don't know if you guys saw that video of A.J. Green where Joe Burrow threw the interception and it was above his head. A.J. Green just watched it fucking fly over him, stopped running and stuff like that. And then he's chasing after the guy after he intercepts it, but then he's like on a line to make the tackle and he just makes a – 90 degree left turn and starts heading up the field, like not even towards the dude who's running the ball. The dude doesn't give a fuck. And he wants out of Cincinnati. He wants out of Cincinnati and um, they're going to, they're going to need to do it. Like get a fucking six rounder for him or something because he's a hazard to the team. You're not growing with him and everybody else sees that stuff on the team. And it's just, just do out, do without it. Like you're not winning with him anyways. So what's, what's the loss? Get, get a sixth or seventh round pick for him. Fucking forget it. Um, the guy's injured all the time. Anyways, Hayden Hurst, Mark Ingram and Malcolm Brown. Um, I'm going to take, I'll take Wayne taking this one down. Um, solely just because I don't know the Mark Cooper thing. Does Mark Ingram get a touchdown? Malcolm Brown It's kind of like the backup to the backup now. Uh, and A.J. Green. Things with 
Glenn's team, though, where he's had some bad beats, but he's going to have to win some games to be be competitive enough to get to like the second half of this, like that second, the third quarter, third end of the third, fourth quarter of the regular season for us. Cause he's got Nick Chubb, but he's on the IR for a while Has Mike Williams that came back injured all year. Sony Michelle injured Dallas Goddard on the IR. Um, Gio Bernard has a handcuff, James Washington there, Trey Burton. He just picked up Sterling Shepard on the IR. So just riddled with injury, but the squad looks really good at season starts, but it's not a draft game. So uh, in-season management does do a lot for fantasy football. And now for the best matchup of the week, because it involves yours truly, the Vinegar Strokes 4-1 and one in third place right now in Taco Court Fantasy Football League, going to the three-penis wine in Nick Oliveris, who is three and two. I believe ESPN has this thing projected just right with a 66-win 66% win percentage for the Vinegar Strokes, 142 to 122. The Vinegar Strokes currently are rolling out the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, Juju on the beat, Robbie A., Nicole Hardman, Robert Tanyan, Odell Beckham Jr., and Raheem Mostert. Nobody really on my bench who I'm looking at playing. I might switch out a quarterback. I don't know. You might want to pick them all up, drop them all. Doesn't really matter to me. Go to smash. And Nick is rolling out the Rams quarterback, Derek Henry, James Conner, Julio. Who knows if that dude ever wants to play anymore, too. Mike Evans, T. Higgins, looking for that 9-85. to Up against Indy, though. Uh, Evan Ingram, who knows what the hell happens there in that Giants-Washington game. Michael Gallup and James White. Uh, he's got DK on by, and I got guys like Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Henry on by. I think I'm really tempted to play Leonard Fournette, but don't know who I would sub him in for. I'd have to move like Odell out for Nicole Hardman and then put Leonard Fournette into the flex for Nicole Hardman, but we'll maybe wait a week. So, uh, yep, Vinegar Strokes taking that one down too. All right, that's that. We have gone over. The week five recap, the waiver wire recap, and the week six preview. So some more week six preview stuff. What I'm going to bet this week and what I already have in. So on Monday, I saw the initial lines that came out and the Bears were a three-point dog to the Carolina Panthers. I personally think the Bears end up winning this game. Uh, The Panthers' defense cannot stop a run whatsoever. So if you can find some of those David Montgomery props, also hit those overs. We'll talk about that right now. So I got the the Bears plus three at minus 125. Currently, they are a one-point dog, so we got two points of value there. So as long as you're on the side of value, like closing line value, so when you bet the number and then it gets better in your favor, like you have a better number than what your closing line is, um, more than often, you are going to be successful in sports betting. But I got that guy in. My next bet, it's a parlay. I did a round robin with four teams. And my last one is the only one that's active still. But it is Florida State Moneyline plus 395. They played North Carolina today and beat them. And I have the Cowboys at plus money. um, Or even. So plus 100, even. But looking for the Cowboys to win there. Um, Let's see. What else did I bet? 
I'm trying to scroll in here. Oh, and the props. So David Montgomery over 62.5 yards rushing. I bet half a unit there. And that is to win like a third of a unit or something like that. But I I think I'm calming. I'm going to calm down on like props and parlays and stuff like that and bet lower on those type of things. And my results, I think I'll do a lot more um, full unit bets because I like to bet props. So I like to bet a lot of props. So I, in order to limit my damage, should I end up hurting myself there? I'm going to limit it down to like half unit or a quarter unit or something like that. So, and try to win at scale. So David, David Montgomery over 62 and a half yards, Adrian Peterson of the lions under 61 yards. I think that the lions coming out of the bye, So the lions have like one of the best offensive lines in all of the NFL. And I think they average somewhere around six yards a carry or something like that. It's crazy. But, um, or like their adjusted line for what they should be getting is like six yards or something like that. It's crazy. But um, DeAndre Swift has been showing out pretty decently, like just showing some little bit of stuff, not like big, big, big stuff. But Adrian Peterson can only run where the blocking is. Um, He can't break a tackle. He can't do anything else other than it's open field. And he can't do anything in the open field. DeAndre Swift's getting a lot of passing work down, um, passing work and getting on passing downs. And I think that coming out of the bye, they just say, you know what? Thanks, AP, but we're rolling forward because we need to win games. And we drafted this dude for a reason. And he's ready to go. So AP under 61 and a half. And then I did half a unit there. And then I did a quarter unit on DeAndre Swift first touchdown score in that game kind of rough but um who knows what's going to happen but i think they're going to try to get him get him going um get get their 300 fans in the stands um that they would have regardless if it was covert times or not going um i did fuck around with some parlay stuff but don't ever parlay it's dumb but i'm betting like quarter units on this stuff i have a three team with the lions to win so Lions money line minus 160. The Falcons, I believe, end up winning this game against the Minnesota Vikings. But I bet them at plus four, minus 110. And the Dolphins, um, I think the Jets are just so fucking bad. But this seems like a trap because the Jets are getting like all these players back from injury or they're supposed to be, they're like cleared, but don't know if they're going to play or not. Um, but they're getting like a buttload of people back. Um, here but Miami's a nine and a half and it just seems like a trap but I bet it nine and a half point favorite so three team so one to win five whatever you know five to one on that parlay did another one and I don't recommend doing this I'm kind of doing it to test it out and see how I like it but um, I understand the concept is to get over key numbers and stuff like that and I did that here but I got the Detroit. So I did a seven-point seven teaser with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Usually you only want to tease like two teams. Um, you don't want to have like these big leg fucking parlays because you can hit six things and one of them goes bad. and It's just bad. But um, anyways, seven-team teaser uh, with seven points. So the Lions moving them to plus four. The Falcons moving them to plus 11. Houston moving them to plus 
10 and a half. I think Houston wins that game against Tennessee outright. Cleveland moving them to plus 10 and a half. I think Cleveland wins that game outright. New England moving them to minus one. So all they have to do is beat the Broncos. Kansas City moving them to plus two and a half. I think they fucking smash Buffalo. If you look at KC's like road points and stuff like that against, um, they're so much better on the road scoring than they are uh, at home and also covering. And Dallas at plus eight. So that would be a six to one parlay. On the next one, I was like, fuck it, whatever, we're doing this, right? So this one's fucking dumb. I parlayed regular spreads. So um, just the games that I liked. Uh, Detroit Lions minus three against Jacksonville. I think that they're going to be able to control the, control the clock, control the ball. And Jacksonville, I think, is just not good. Um, so plus or minus three there. Falcons plus four. Houston plus three and a half because I think that they end up beating the Titans. Cleveland plus three and a half. I think they beat the Steelers. Baltimore minus nine and a half. New England minus eight. Yuck. Um, Denver, or not, not New England, but Miami minus nine and a half. KC minus four and a half. And Dallas plus one. This, I don't even know what the fucking number is. I was just like, whatever. Like five bucks, um, which is like half a unit for me right now. Um, and it was more so because I saw the win number, and we should never do that. But I think it's like 200-something to one, whatever. But five to win, 1720. So we'll be watching that and hating our lives. But um, not really. I know it's throwaway. And then I did that entire parlay as a seven-point teaser as well. And that is, uh, let's see, 12 to one. So add seven points to all of those teams on the going backwards, like on the losing side. And then we did talk about David Montgomery, Adrian Peterson, and DeAndre Swift. Um, And that's what I'm doing on the sports betting angle. One thing I do think is, like, if I had one good tip is to know yourself as a sports better. Like, are you trying to win money or are you doing it for fun? Is it going to hurt you? Are you going to be pissed if you lose? Or is it like, fun piss like oh whatever it's like going out to a bar or something like that right um but if you're doing it and the money means something to you then you need to be very careful i would suggest getting a budget together and saying this is how much i want to use as my fun money to do this stuff in dabble that way you know that you're willing to lose it all and be fine with it and then i would split that like the best way i think to start out is to split it into weeks and just say i'm gonna play this every week um i think that's a really good way if you are a first time starter and i would recommend that for daily fantasy as well just to get an understanding and be able to play the entire season um to be able to do it the entire season and learn from one week to another and learn from one week to the other um i would suggest consuming as much content as you can on sports betting and understanding it Find somebody that you like that teaches you stuff, um, that educates and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. Um, Keep an earphone in your ear or something like an AirPod or something and just listen to people and what they talk about and understand closing line value, reverse line movement and stuff like that. Um, Anything under 
anything that you can learn about it, learn it and learn it and learn it and learn it and learn it. Um, even if you want to do that for before you even start sports betting. Um, I think I think that's that's a good way to go about it. But I think if you're starting out for real, like the first thing, come up with a budget. You don't want to just throw shit in there. And the next thing you know, you're fucking worried about gas money or some bullshit. Um, know yourself because once you start doing it, you'll start to know yourself. For example, this last weekend, sat there and there's four of us that are in a group thread. Uh, three of us at the time, and me included in that three, and we've added one this last week, midweek. And we called it Degen Chat or Degenerates. And we've been all doing fairly well. Uh, and then we got into it and it was like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I think this, I think, yep, do it, do it, do it, you know, whatever. And it's like all these different things. This is what I do. Um, but you get carried away having fun. Um, and then next thing you know, hey, you lost 100 bucks this weekend. And that was my weekend last weekend. I bet a bunch of, that's why I adjusted my unit sizes for parlays and first touchdowns and stuff like that and props because I like to do a lot of those things. Um, but if I'm not on that week, then it's a bloodbath and uh, that sucks. So knowing how you can get, how you can emotionally get, how you can get into, like, I don't want to call it peer pressure, but just having fun, wanting to be part of it, you know, and stuff like that. Um, FOMO, FOMO is a big thing, fear of missing out. Um, you know, when you believe in something that your buddy says or something you hear so much, so you like double down on that because you don't want to miss out on that loss or, or that potential winnings and stuff like that. And then the next thing you know, one piece of it, like this is what happens in parlays a lot. And uh, one piece of it dies and you're fucked. So um, then you hit yourself for doing that and playing too much. So understand yourself because you will learn a lot about yourself. Um, I think a lot of us did last weekend and adjusted accordingly. So, um, but yeah, we had a good week this week, but a lot pretty much just kept betting the over in the Dodgers Braves series for a run scored. It was anywhere from eight and a half to nine and a half and every single game other than tonight, which was game six was like over 10 runs. Some of them were sweats, some of them weren't, and um, it's been nice. So still on the plus plus side of the house and looking to keep going. But regardless of the fact, budgeted out, and we're on house money now. So, um, yeah. I don't have any other words of fucking wisdom. It's 2.30 in the morning, and football starts in less than 12 hours. So I appreciate you guys sitting through this. If you like this kind of content, like I said before, go over and check out 58 West King podcast available on all platforms you can do here. Um, I ended up in a text conversation talking about feet today with a good friend, Matt Graham, because of that podcast. So uh, let them know who you think has the best feet in the celebrity world. And uh, if you want to figure out what one member of that league's thoughts are, go over there and check out that last episode, the week six preview. And also, you can check out the Champions Dynasty League podcast available on all platforms like this. That's where we took four different leagues 
took the top three members of all time within those leagues and combined them and started a dynasty league to see who is the best manager over time. Because you could have a year. I mean, you could have a year. But over time and sustained excellence is what should matter. That's why we took the sustained excellence folks out of each league. Uh, yep, yep, yep. I think that is it. Uh, you can find me at Naderade530 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and you can find 58WK Podcast out there on Twitter as well. Give them a follow. Thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing here, like, subscribe, review if you would like, or just tell a friend. That's probably better. Just tell a friend, hey, they're doing a podcast about this stuff, and some of it's educational, some of it's funny, you know, whatever, but it's kind of like sitting at the water cooler with your buddies at work talking about it all. A lot of times we don't want to hear about other people's fantasy football leagues, but we like to talk about ours or we like to understand what other people's are like, but we don't want to sit there and talk with them forever. So, you know, let them know what we're doing. Let us know what you think about the podcast. If you have anything you want to hear, uh, shoot us a review or a message out on Twitter. Shoot me up in my DMs, whatever it is, wherever you want to go. Text me, something like that. Don't add me on Facebook. Uh, All right. Bye.